guys, more team. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old time hockey? Piss on old time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast. Here's Arden Caleb. Between the Stammers is back. It's Thursday, March 21st. The Canucks are hot. Winners of three straight. Knocking on the door of the playoffs. Oh, here we go again, right? So you're telling me there's a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Eight games remaining. Four points back of a playoff spot. Why are the Canucks in the hunt? Well, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, hot, hot, hot. There was a unicorn sighting. Yeah. That mythical beast known as Louis Erickson parted through the trees. Dude, I mean, that line. It's hot. They looked good. Did they not? I mean, it's Ottawa, right? Like, it's yeah. it's yeah. probably a WHL team. Like, the worst WHL team would beat Ottawa right now. But, True. I mean, I got to give it to Louis. He, like, he set up a lot of that stuff last night. He was engaged and he was playing. And, like, it's clear that if they want to get something out of this guy, they're going to have to keep him up there because he's not, he's not doing enough on the fourth line. Uh, we're going to get back into that curb. I'll just finish off the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tee it up. Tee it all yeah. up. By the way, like, I don't think we give Paul enough credit for that intro. That's a good intro. Does the guy really need more accolades? No, he doesn't. But I'm just saying, I mean, our, our good friend of the show, Paul Bustino, produced this our Between the Stammers intro. And I mean, what? We're 26 episodes in. Mm-hmm. It's a great. I love, every time I it's hear it, I get good. pumped up. Yeah, yeah, it's still good. The music choice was nice. Uh, he sounds fine. Yeah. No, you sound good, Paul. And yeah, it, it gets me going for BTS. Uh, PD breaks Canucks rookie record. That's nice. Quinn Hughes, named top 10 finalist for the Hobie Baker Award. And an article in The Athletic states that the Canucks were the worst drafters since 2003. So that's the worst, uh, according to the point system that was given there in the last 16 years, the Canucks the worst. Well, uh, I got I got some uh, feelings about that, but we'll get into that later too. That's kind of why I brought it up on yeah. Between the Stammers. I thought maybe you'd have feelings about it. Uh, let's start with the Canucks win over the hapless Ottawa Senators. Like, they, it looked a little greasy at the end, obviously. It did given, look a little greasy. <laughs> giving up end. four straight goals. Yeah. But the Canucks were in full control of that game. Oh, 100%. And, I mean, like that... Uh, what do you think of the the Pajot hit on Sautner? I didn't uh, see it when... It, like, I saw the replay of it, and I yeah. didn't see it in full action, but... I noticed the way people were reacting to it that it wasn't uh, it wasn't a hit that anybody was uh, okay with. Yeah, well, he got a one game suspension out of it. They call it. Um, well, they said it was boarding, like when the NHL review video came out and everything yeah. like that. I mean, hit from behind, boarding. You could call it either or. But these types of hits, I hate them because I hate like a player is not ready, like for impact at all when you see a guy's head bounce off the glass. Yeah. Same thing happened with Sautner last night. It was like he got hit right in the numbers. His head bounces off the glass. He goes in the corner to retrieve the puck. I think Sautner's been playing great since he's been up here, too. Just like very simple, safe hockey that is good to see from a guy who's, you know, trying to crack the squad. We'll keep him in the lineup. Yeah, exactly, right? Not yeah. not too many mistakes. Mm. Um, and what did Adam Oates say? Every time a player's head hits the ice or hits the glass, it's because he wasn't prepared for He the wasn't head. prepared for the head. Yeah. The thing about this is, like, I, I'm on both sides of the fence on this one. I kind of feel like Sautner should have been prepared for the head. Like, he was in the corner. He had the puck for a while on his stick. Like, he was coming out. He went over the goal line. Pajot circled, looking to make a hockey play to take the puck off his stick. Hit him in the numbers. Dead, like, 100%. But when you're... You kind of have to know that that's coming. Like, when you look at the replay, like, Sautner's head is down. His back is towards the player. All his He's kind of protecting the puck. Like, what do you do there if you are Pajot? Mm-hmm. It's, like you're, it's You're taught in hockey to finish a check, right? Yeah, and, I mean, it's it, – you don't want to hit a guy in the numbers. And, like, in, in minor hockey, Canada-wide, they have those stop signs that are on, like, the backs of jerseys to prevent – players from like getting into that habit but this is a fast game kids are also taught from a very early age to keep their heads up and to prepare for these types of things anytime you're on the wall this is why I like the it as a boarding call 
kind of bugs me a little bit because, like, boarding is usually, like, pushing a guy when he's a little far away from the actual boards and, like, having him, like, ricochet off the boards. Yeah. And, like, to me, this was a guy coming in for a hit. So, like, yeah, I guess it was kind of a hit from behind, but it was a little bit from the side. I would have said hit from behind, yeah. I guess. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that he got a suspension. I am a little surprised that he got a game for it. Yeah. Like, I mean, he got called on the play when it happened too, right? But, I just think he could have let up a little bit. That's yeah. that's the only thing. That's the only thing I would go with it. And I know I've never played hockey at the highest level or a high level at yeah. all, and I don't know the speed exactly what it's like, but I feel like he could have just let up a little bit. The guy was in a vulnerable position. But yeah. like you said, Sautner, it's also Sautner's. He's like, he's on the ice with the puck in the corner trying to make a play to get it out of his yeah. zone. Like, what is Pajot supposed to do? Just do a flyby or, yeah. like, a one? Like, I can't stand it when I watch the Canucks do something like that where a guy comes in with one hand on the stick and pokes at the puck. Yeah. Right? Like, I want to see a guy finish a check on that play. It's like the Chris Pronger yeah. interview with Colby Armstrong where he talks <laughs> oh, about how uh, Nick Backstrom was coming down on him one time and he, you know, lightly finished his check on Chris Pronger. And Pronger goes, you finish a check like that again on me, I'm break my stick over your head. And the yeah. next time Backstrom came in, he does the old yeah. battleship turn. The wide battleship yeah. turn, yeah. He's like, you know, message sent. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I, I like... I like that aspect of the game. Obviously, I don't want to see a guy get hurt. But these guys, like, that are playing in the NHL, like, they need to learn how to take these kind of hits. They need to be prepared for it. Especially, you got the puck on your stick for, like, a split second in the NHL. Like, it's so tight checking that you should know that somebody's bearing down on you a little bit. Yeah. And, I mean, his back was turned. It's tough to call. I don't I, I don't know if I like the, I don't know if I like the suspension. I, I don't. It sends a message to the rest of the league, suspensions like that. Guys coming in, down on guys when they're supposed to finish off their checks. Are they going to go lightly? Maybe that's the way the NHL is going. But the thing is, is it, it you say that, but, like, how many of these the plays? The pansification how many, of the game. Well, it's not even the pants. Yeah, the pansification <laughs> of the game. It's not even that, though. Like, it's so ridiculously inconsistent. Yeah, that's yeah, sometimes guys just get suspended, and then other guys who are stars do something a million times worse, and then they don't get suspended. Yeah, I'll and maybe always that's go my, back. My issue with it, I'll always go back to the Evgeny Malkin hit on Willie Mitchell. Yeah, you remember that yeah. hit that not like that was like the I don't say because Willie Mitchell did come back, but that was it for him in Vancouver. That mm-hmm. uh, that hit, he was never the same again, and then he got. Uh, you know, he became an L.A. King, and he won a Stanley Cup. Good for him. Yeah. But that hit Good was— Good Port McNeil kid. Yeah, that that was a bad hit, really bad hit. And Malkin, I don't think he even got a penalty on that. And that was that was horrific, so— Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, maybe, maybe I'm just, like, uh, my ire's up a little bit with the NHL as a whole because, I mean, like, that, that fucking poke check on Petey on his penalty shot by Hudobin there where he just, like, let the stick go— like, that should have been a fucking goal. Do you believe you know? that people in the office there, the league office, are like, let's throw the Canucks a bone here and there where they where we can. And this would be maybe one of those moments. Well, what do you mean? Like, throw them a bone? Like, just, give just it to like, them? No, just be like, let's, let's, let's show that we care about the Canucks a little bit. Well, I think you just got to call it. Like, it's a rule. You can't throw your fucking stick. Yeah. No, no, no. I, no, I mean with, I mean with like, the Sautner hit. Oh, like, oh, the song or like a yeah, makeup call. A makeup call almost. Oh, maybe. I, and it, it shouldn't be like that. This is a huge multi-million dollar, cor- hundred million dollar corporation. It shouldn't be like that. But maybe someone in the front office is going, well, we kind of fucked up the whole uh, throw on the snake. Let's, let's, let's help him out a little bit. Let's, let's at, least, at least give him this. Yeah. A one game suspension for Pajot. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, I know. I just, it's sad to think of it that way. I'm the, just saying. Oh, fuck. Like, they, they just, it's just so ridiculously inconsistent. All right. Let's get back to the, the win, though. Yeah, okay. The Canucks, four points back of a playoff spot. Now they got wins over uh, the Senators, which we just said, 7-4. A 3-2 win over the Chicago Blackhawks in overtime. And a 3-2 shootout win over Dallas. Why are the Canucks winning right now? <sighs> Pissing off all the tankists. They still believe they're going to do it, man. Like, they, there's still belief in that room, and it's the leaders on that team cementing themselves as, as more 
like the guys who want to do it. It's I the, like this. it's the young skilled players we're, that are coming up with plays. Even like two between the Stammerses ago, two or three, we were talking about meaningful games in March, and like both of us kind of shit on it. Like we're like, well, they're they're not meaningful games anymore. The Canucks are proving us wrong. They've been proving us wrong all year. They've been proving tons of people wrong all year. Yeah. Like, Jacob Markstrom comes out of the clear blue sky and just decides to be one of the best goaltenders in the league. Yeah. It's incredible. You know? And then, like, Louie. We are chewing out Louie the last two weeks with, like, just looking lost out there. He gets scratched by Green. He comes back. I'm pissed off. I'm like, why is he even back? Like, what's the point? He's looked good. Like, on especially... Yesterday against Ottawa, he looked fantastic. People have a problem with some of these veterans who really haven't played well all year. Yeah. And then they come in at the end of the year, they play well, try and get, you know, rack up a few points, try and save their job. Uh, the Canucks maybe win a few games. I know. The draft position doesn't work so well for us after that. But, like, I, the, can you understand that I, side? No, of it? I totally get that. I totally get that. But I, I think the draft. I think the draft stuff is a little too like we're not going to catch these guys who are down in the basement. We're we're just not. We're not going to catch guys like L.A. and Ottawa, New Jersey. Like we're we won't. And and really like the two top picks in the NHL are Kako and Hughes, right? And then after that, a lot of teams are going to be going by need and and position that they like, you know, have to fill. I guess yeah. it's the same as need, right? Yeah. Um. So if the Canucks end up drafting in the top 10, anywhere in the top 10, we're still going to get a good player. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. I I still, like, I'm stoked they're still competing. So People are just upset that we're not getting Jack Hughes. That's yeah, because they want about. a brother tandem. Like, how many brother tandems do we fucking need? How <laughs> many have we had, right? Like, yeah. the Cortinals, the Sedins. Now they want the Hugheses. And then we've had, like, the lopsided guys where it's like, Oh, his brother's good at hockey, Steve Korea. You know, <laughs> I think this uh, is I think this is a little different. Jack Hughes, <laughs> number one. Yeah, no, no, for, for sure, for sure. But it's just, it's just like a Canuck fan mentality, I guess. Yeah. Uh, here's Travis Green talking after yesterday's game about uh, some of those struggling players playing better. I think he's responded well. I'm happy for him. He's. It's not easy for him, and you know, there's a lot of critics in the city about Louie and. You like to see guys do well. It's just like Schaller the other night when he goes in and gets two goals. It's, you know, he's had a hard year. And these guys want to do well. And you're happy for them when they do. Are you happy for them, Caleb Curry? Fuck the man. <laughs> Louis had a rough ride. How has he had a rough ride? You never see him in post-game media scrums ever. Never. You never see him, like, get interviewed at any point in time, you never see Green get, like, barrages of questions about Louie. It's never, always about yeah. guys like Goldobin and all these young guys. Like, Louie is fucking so incredibly lucky that he's quiet and that he, he like, just kind of flies under the radar in this market. Louie would get lambasted, guaranteed, if he was in Toronto or Montreal. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Why right? is it that Louie Erickson has not gotten the hate here i mean from fans it's there but for whatever reason the media have been really soft on yeah. him like he should be front page material yeah all year long he should have been front page material on the on the back uh, his third page. year of this contract right like yeah. people first year they're like benefit of the doubt injuries injuries yeah. all that shit yeah last year kind of same thing but, but even at the beginning of this year, the tide started to turn. And the fans were, like, going after the media. The fans were, like, tweeting at media members being like, why aren't you talking about this? Like, this is an issue that, yeah. that's sitting around here. And nobody's asking Green about it. Nobody's asking anybody about it. Granted, like, we've beat this topic to death. We have beat this topic right? to death. Yeah. But um, I am happy at the fact that he's shown up here a little bit lately. Fucking Horvat, hey? Like, what a stud. Just playing with... Pretty much everybody on this team yeah. at some point hasn't had steady wingers all season. A big part of that's no Berchi, but I, I thought him Pearson and uh, him Pearson and Erickson like they had it going on yesterday. I mean they combined for a shitload of points. Horvat had uh, a goal and two assists. Yeah, uh, Louis Erickson had a goal and three assists. Yeah, the empty netter. Pier Pearson had a goal and Pearson had two goals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sorry, two goals. Yeah, so that line, for whatever reason, is working right now. And I think we know why. It's because Brock Besser is a freaking stud. And Pearson likes you to mean get after Horvat. it. Or sorry, yeah. uh, Bo Horvat's a stud. Yeah. And Pearson is going for it. 
Like he he yeah. he goes to the dirty area. He's a tough guy to play against. Fuck, man! Like, how nice was it to see those Horvat goals and the style of goals they were? This is all I've been asking for all year. These nice little tips, yeah. like in front of the net, three going power, to those three areas. Power play, three power ah, play goals for like, the Canucks. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah. That's what I've wanted all season. And then they finally pull it off, like with eight games to go. Yeah. It, it it makes just the the largest difference and and like we we said like the power play the 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 fact that the power play was so shitty for so long was the reason that this team was missing the playoffs i truly believe that as bad as the defense is they were bad right like a guy got traded out of here because they were so bad yeah but these converting these power play points like they're massive how many games this season did we lose by one goal where, like, we could have scored on a power play? There was quite a few. And then you you start to see it happen. You start to see things click, and it, it kind of pumps you up. I think if Horvat can, you know, establish himself down there around the net, it, it'll really open things up for Besser and Petey up there, right? Yeah. It, it has to, you would think. It's interesting to see what they were doing with Horvat last night a little bit, too, because, like, he like he's got kind of, for a while... When they had that umbrella going, he was kind of playing off to the side of the goaltender a little bit, and he was looking to grab the puck and then stuff it around, do that stuff move where he brings it out and around the goaltender and tucks it in behind him. Now he's, like, in front of the net looking more for for deflections and stuff. And even last night, like, I think it was one of the last goals that he scored, he had, like, a nice tip from almost up in the slot, and I was like, fuck, maybe you should put him there. I don't know. Yeah. It's he's playing really well. He's got fifty seven yeah. he's got fifty seven points uh in now in seventy four games, including eight points in his last five games. Here's head coach Travis Green on the play of Bo Horvat. Yeah, he's growing as a player. I said that at the beginning of the year that I, I don't think Bo's the best player that he's gonna be yet. And uh I think he's taken a step. We talk about development. It's not just with our, you know, I still, Bo is relatively young still. He, he needs to de- keep developing into the best Bo Horvat he can be. And I think he's taken a step in that direction this year. And I think that's a good point. You know, we're talking about a guy who's only 23 years old and everybody thinks that he is what he is. Which yeah. I don't like. No, Green he's still going to get better, there. right? Yeah. I mean, he's taking a million face-offs. He can get better in the face-off dot. Yeah. Which he will. It's trial by fire. And he is pretty good in the dot. Yeah, he's not bad at all. Yeah. His shooting percentage is pretty damn good too, just under thirteen percent, second on the team. Mm-hmm. So, I uh, I'm loving what uh, old Bull Horvat is. It time to give the kid a C. Like when they were floundering five four, he scored the six four goal. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, that was huge. That's massive. Yeah, no, those I, are the type of goals. I've been saying it the whole time. You have it. It's the Hep line now, right? <laughs> yeah. We have Horvat, Erickson, Pearson. Yeah. The Hep line. You give Bull Horvat the C. It's the Hep C line. <laughs> yes. Uh, and somehow Louis Erickson has made his way to this line through no. Yeah, I mean, at first I was mad about it, but like it's working. <laughs> Winning solves everything, man. It really does. Three straight. Yeah. It's it, it it's another, another, it's another. just so true. And four points out. I mean, they have a they've played more games than some of these other teams that they're battling with. But even tonight, like there's some tough matchups out there for for these teams that they're uh, trying to get. Get by. Get Arizona's out. playing Florida. Florida. So yeah. Roberto Luongo could do his old club a big favor tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Canucks really, if they really want to make the playoffs, they got to win out because they have games in yeah, hand 100%. on these teams. And uh, teams have games games in hand on them. Yeah, teams have games in hand on them. Like Chicago, they have two games and they have the same amount of points. Mm-hmm. Two more games than the Canucks. Uh, I guess Chicago. I don't. Yeah. I think it's going to be Colorado that finally slips in there. I'm, I'm kind of I mean, with you. I'm hoping it's the Canucks or the Blackhawks, but it feels like it's probably going to be Chicago who have 76 points, 73 games. You mean Colorado? Or, sorry, Colorado, yeah. You're all over the place today with yeah, your... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's been a tough day for me. I went to this needless presser federal government thing first thing in the morning and it was nothing it and Mar- was just nothing and marquette lost which is uh one of the teams art has in his march madness yeah play. gambling getting in the way of my happiness as per usual <laughs> it's it's a sad life i live, guys. <laughs> it's a sad sad life uh another reason why the canucks are playing so well brock besser fuck like, he's been just on fire agree i don't have a clip of it but i i think green was quoted as saying a couple of days ago that he thinks brock besser is playing the best hockey of his career right now. i agree would you, I would 100% you agree, with agree with that. Yeah. Dude, his game 
without the puck is better. He's better in the ozone. And it like it looks like he's like developed more strength along the wall. Um he's he's better at checking. He's getting more aggressive on his forecheck. And that is leading to things that we're seeing from that line that we haven't seen before. We've seen that line score off the rush a million times. Yeah. And that we know they can do that, and that's great. But we're starting to see that line cycle, and that gets me pretty fucking pumped up. You I know, because you get you cycle, you get possession, you keep possession, you get your shots off. And possession in hockey is massive. Yeah. And I think I think Levo and now you're talking about Besser, who's able to retrieve pucks. That's it's huge. huge. It's, it's yeah. It's humongous. Mm-hmm. And I love Levo as a fit on that line. And yes, one of the big topic of discussion this last week was Goldobin coming out of the lineup. I'm just tired of of talking about it. Like yeah. he's he's a good player, but it, like uh, I mean. There are other guys that have asked why are they not getting out and Goldobin is it is getting pulled. But I I think it's pretty obvious that the Canucks are looking at Goldobin for his talent as a goal scorer and he's not producing on the goal level. Like they want to see goals out of him. Because he's not good enough in his own end. He's not good enough anywhere else to not be a producer on the other end. Well, and look who you're pairing him with. Right, you're you've given you've given him ample opportunity to be that guy. Yeah, he's been a top two line guy yeah. every time he's in there. So, twenty seven points in sixty two games, just seven goals, a minus ten player. You look at all the other top six forwards for the Canucks; most of them are in the plus. Yeah. So, anyways, Brock Besser. I just wanted to mention just how good he was playing, and I and that shot again on the power play was nice to see. Uh, I still don't think his snipe is exactly where he's been hitting the goalie quite a bit. I've noticed that, but I think that that that'll that'll blow I think over. I'm I'm so pumped for him, yeah. and I'm so pumped to see like his growth as well. I mean, you talk about Horvat's growth. Bastard's gonna only get better. Yeah, he's got nine points in his last eight games. So, yeah, uh, and he's so was, funny. He, he, hey, was he was getting raked over the coals like he was three weeks ago or whenever that was yeah. for not producing, and then he's just like, oh yeah. Feeling healthy, boys. Yeah. And I'm I'm loving the way he's turning over pucks at, like, the blue line that's, and stuff. That's honestly one of my favorite facets of, of his game at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And because he's a strong guy. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe his stick work is starting to follow that, that strength. So I'm loving watching him playing right yeah, now. Yeah, I am too. And it's, it's a treat that we get to see him and Patterson and Horvat play these last games out. Like, they really mean something. Pretty pumped for Vertanen to jar one last night, too. And, like, um, coming down the wing, taking the shot, that was nice. He's he's had a better season than a lot of people thought he would, especially with where he's playing in the lineup. Third line, fourth line, like, his production has been great. When he's engaged, you can totally tell. He's throwing bigger hits and stuff like that. He He's, he's one of those guys who I think when he takes shorter shifts, he's a better player. Like, when he gets stuck out on the ice, he gets himself in a bit of trouble. But when he's, like, up and down and then off, that's what I like about Jake's game. Right. Yeah. It's got to be simple for him. Do you still see him as a top six player? I think he's – I don't know if I do. I, I think given an opportunity, he could probably play up there. They haven't really given him that top six opportunity that a lot of people want to see. You're pointing at me. What are you pointing about? No, I was just going to say, this is a question that I was going to uh, pull out after you're finished about Vertanen. Um, So, I mean, I'd like to see that, but I don't mind him in the the bottom. Like, you're scoring 14, you're at 14 goals now? A a bottom six guy with that type of production, with doing other things, you know, defensively responsible, fast, um, a secret weapon in, in overtimes, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, the question I wanted to throw at you was, who do you think is more likely to be a top six forward? Adam Gaudet or Jake Vertanen? As Caleb munches down on some Sabai Thai. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Sabai Thai. <laughs> Food's so good all as well. You know who um, wrote that tag? <laughs> don't worry about it. Some <laughs> some jabroni out there wrote that tag. Um <laughs> The thing is, um, I like them both together. I think they play well off of each other. 
You think that would be like a sick third line? I mean, it would be that, an awesome that produces third line. points. Well, if they start producing points, they're probably not going to be a third line. They're going to get more time. Well, we are in an NHL where you need three lines producing points. Yeah, I mean, we, we get so hung up on labeling lines as like who's the first line, who's the second line. We've been doing it since the dawn of hockey, right? But you need more than just a, a line, great line A, great line B. All your lines should be giving you something. Giving you everything or specializing in something. And uh, I, I like Gaudet and Vertanen together. Oh, man, Gaudet's game has looked good, too. Whew. He has looked good. And I, I just wonder, because he won the Hobie Baker Award last year. I'm just wondering if he's a guy that's, like, good enough to crack the top six, which is going to be tough on this team that has Horvat and Patterson, right? Yeah, but... You can't have too many good players, though. You can't have too many good centers, especially. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's it's the reason why the Penguins won those cups. Their center depth for a while there was, it was like Jordan Stahl was their third line center for a while. Yeah, that's crazy. incredible. Yeah, it's crazy, absolutely. And then the the nice thing about center too is it trans you can translate that over to the wing and not have too much of a problem. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Fuck, there's a couple things I want to see this year. I want to see three forwards out on the ice for an overtime. Like if we go to an overtime again and it's three on three. I want to see Petey out there with, like, Brock and Bo and just load it up and have Petey play where it's, like, Edler's playing. I think he's a smart enough player to do it. Yeah. I think you don't see it too often in around the NHL, though, if you look at other teams. I agree. Um, it's But I don't think uh, – I think coaches should take a little bit more of a risk with that. Right. Because you, it's kind of a – crapshoot when you get into three on three anyways yeah. and where um, are we at in at the season i guess we're four points back but i mean like realistically why not why not roll the dice on some of this stuff no you're right and it's uh it, but he does want i think travis green wants like i i heard a little bit in his presser talking about he hasn't really talked about his team being in a playoff hunt still he said that uh, but he's like but he did say they know i don't have to say it they're still in the playoff hunt Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why he's still doing things a little more by the book than meaningful throwing games out, in March. Yeah, throwing out uh, you know different looks like that. But um, I thought we were going to see Josh Tevis last night. We didn't. Yeah, who would he come into the lineup for? I don't know. Because you got Stetcher and Edler, right? You got Shen and Sautner. Sautner, yeah. Yeah. So maybe Shen. Yeah, Shen maybe. Yeah. And Breezewall and Viega. No. It'd be nice to see Tevez. I just want to see what he's about. Speaking of players we want to see, Quinn oh, Hughes. Oh, yeah, Quinn Hughes, too. When are we going to see Quinn Hughes? Uh, they still don't know. Even last night, they're being coy about it. Yeah, I mean, well, they've taken a few MRIs on it. It's not just one. They keep going back to it and, and taking other MRIs. Are I we, think we'll see him. Are, are we going to see him, or is this the point we just shut him down and hope? No, no, hope, no. you, no. you got to give him the taste. You yeah. gotta give him the taste. Even you if get, it's like, one, two games. Yeah, fucking right. Yeah, even if it's a one or two games. He'll yeah. he'll see it and he'll be like, whoa. You know, even if it's at, like last two games of the season, Nashville, St. Louis, two teams that are pretty fucking good. Yeah. You put them in those games, like that'll motivate him. Yeah. I don't think the kid needs like a crazy amount of motivation. He's, he seems pretty laser focused to begin with, but it is a nice treat for a player, and it's a nice way to um, you know, just show them what the NHL is all about, because it is different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Quinn Hughes, some news about him today as well. Quinn Hughes named the top 10 finalists for the Hobie Baker Award, given to the best college hockey player. Won last year by Adam Gaudet. Yeah. So that'd be pretty cool if uh, Hughes walked out of there with some uh, out of Michigan with the trophy. Probably not, I don't think, because he's, you know, the team didn't really... That didn't down the stretch weren't really that good. We'll see. You never know. It is a singular award. Uh, yeah. Just wondering what your thoughts were. The odds of him winning that. I, I I'm. I don't know. I I, I think a lot of people put too much stock into the Hobie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice thing for, for these players to have and to cap their college careers off with, and everything. And everybody knows that Quinn was like a leader on that Michigan team, and a lot of people say like he shouldn't have even been down there. Like he should have been playing up here already. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, we all know he's good. I don't think we he need we need to see him win an, an award to validate that. For sure. Yeah. Uh, before we get into some 
bad Canucks news. Let's get it, let's uh, get one last headline in about uh, good. Uh, Petey breaking <laughs> uh, the Canucks rookie record for points in a single season. Passing, yeah, that's awesome. Passing Pavel Burry and Ivan Halinka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all knew it was going to come at some point here. Yeah, I, Petey's game's picked up again too, hey? He went through a bit of a lull there. And I, uh, we, we he just talk- hasn't played this many games. Too. Yeah, that's one of the yeah. major things. Him and Bess both haven't, but it seems like like they're coming around and and um, you know, have some of that energy again. Like man, they just the Canucks just look like they have more in the tank over these last few games than they did in that in that losing stretch. Like it just looks like they have more energy. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but yeah. can you just look at this season as a positive in that way? The three top players for the Canucks have all played well. The three, well, it's the three the engine three drivers, engine drivers on this team, yeah. yeah, have all played well. Are who we thought and, they were. Yeah, are who we thought they were. And two of these guys have never been this deep into a season before. Yeah, Besser's never done it, and Petey's never done it, and they're still producing. And I think that's a massive positive. And fucking Markstrom and is Markstrom. like the biggest positive. Yeah, probably, I, probably the biggest positive. Yeah. And I was talking with another person uh, before this podcast, another buddy of mine, and he said, man, Markstrom, like, what happens next year? Because Demko looked pretty good in his couple start, last couple of starts here. Are we going to have, like, a nice goaltending battle going into next year? We could. That could be really cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Markstrom, I guess, can sign an extension on July 1st. What, uh, what, what would we want to do with that guy when it comes to contract status here? I don't know, but I think, like, a lot of people were talking a while ago about the Bobrovsky thing, and I think Mark, you can get Marky cheaper than Bobrovsky, I think. Someone made the point that with more teams in the NHL, like we yeah. got the expansion, it's harder to have goaltending depth. The Canucks are about to have goaltending depth if Demko well, does what he looks like he's going to do. I am always really tentative about this stuff, too, because I just think the goalie side of things is so mental, like so mental that we have seen other goalies in the league do this type of thing for one season, and then the offseason happens and they come back and they're not the same goaltender. So, uh, like, Markson's contract isn't up at the end of this year. It's no. one more year he after can, that. He can assign, he can yeah. sign an extension. So what I would like yeah. to see is I would like to see him come back next year and just, like, us with that litmus test, do we still have that same Marky or not? Cam Talbot's a good example of that, right? Like, Cam Talbot played really well for the Oilers that one year. Basically took him into the playoffs. Next year, he played average. This year, he's he's played worse than average. They traded him. Yeah, they traded him. But, like... By the way, stupid fucking I know. Move. I know. This Koskinen thing. We'll, what, we'll talk about the Oilers, too, a little further down the road here. But, I mean, like, we've seen it. We've seen it with guys like Mike Smith before. Um, we've seen it with, uh, what's his name? He played for the Oilers for a while, plays for Minnesota now. Dubnik? Dubnik, Devin Dubnik. He yeah. had a, just a lights-out season one season, and the next year he came back and he was average at best. Like this, I remember Brizgalov was like that. Yeah, the, yeah. I I wouldn't, I think it's too early to just say, like, this is our bona fide, like, stud, great goalie. Even though we've been pumping yeah, his tires. Even though we've been pumping it. Well, he's been lights-out for the last two months. But yeah. let the offseason happen. Let's get into next year. Let's see if he finds the same kind of rhythm, and then I think you have your answer. You talk about Alex Edler and his contract extension. I just think that this is another talking point this this summer to see what the Canucks decide to do. Well, with yeah, that. of course it's of course it's a talking point. Yeah, it's yeah. that, but that's what it is. I mean, you and I are going to debate on this. I th- this is my opinion on it though. Like yeah, I'm I will, it. I will say that for I'm sure. It. Yeah, but um. Yeah, yeah. I don't just, know. What that, do you think? That asks your that answers my question. I was just asking: Has he done enough to? to warrant an extension here right now and you're saying not i guess i'm saying no yeah you're saying not i'm saying yes you're saying yes yeah okay i think he's uh i think he was good the year before as well yeah he got a little worn down there at the end he's playing in front of one of the worst defensive cores in the history of the league (laughs) twice (laughs) two seasons in a row now (laughs) that's a little harsh well let's be honest it's (laughs) not hasn't been good last year was really bad uh, guys like Stetcher and Hutton has made it, have made it better this year, yeah. thankfully. But it's still no I'm, stalwart. I'm pretty pumped looking at the um, defensemen that have come in this season, like your Sautners and your Breeze Boss, who's, who've been steady back Biega. there. Biega has been he's been good, but he's also had his moments. Yeah. 
Um, can you please? But he's had great moments. Like, he gets shots through, and I love that. Like, I love seeing that. Can you please describe his play again like you ex- described it to me the other night? What did I say? You did- said that he's a player who, like, wants to be this, but he can't. Oh, he just, uh, yeah, like, he, <laughs> I think he reads the game really well. Yeah. Like, he sees things, and then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this puck on my stick, and I'm going to dart out this breakout pass right away. But he might not have the skill the way he thinks the game. Yeah. Right? And there's a lot of people out there like that. Like, this isn't a knock. I guess it is a knock on him, but this is <laughs> this is a common thing, right? And there's a lot of people who try these types of things. I think he thinks the game really, really well. It's just in the execution where sometimes, you know, he misfires a pass. He or, thinks he's better than he is. Well, Let's put it simple. It's Joel Embiid. <laughs> Joel Embiid thinks he's the best player in the NBA. You're not. <laughs> Alex Viega, you're not a number one defenseman. No, but, like, the effort's there, and that's half the battle. And the guys love him, man. He's, like, he's a really loved guy in that room because people know. People know he tries. And he's an older guy, yeah. and he's still cracking. There's tons of guys in, in the A, like M- McEnany, who a lot of people are like, yeah, we should get a look at him. We, you should bring him up. They don't bring him up, and he's an older guy. because They think he's an AHL special. Yeah. Whereas Biega has been able to be a lunch pail guy and come in here and play when he's been needed. And honestly, like, I didn't think we were going to need him this year. And he's been a bright spot. As, you as a, didn't think we were going to need As a filling guy. No, I didn't. I knew we were going to need Biega. I didn't, I didn't think we were going to need him. At the beginning of the season, I was like, okay, the D isn't as bad as the goaltending. And... I was proven so incredibly wrong that... Um, and I was proven so incredibly right. You thought the D this year, at the beginning of the season, you thought that the D... and the, like We both said that the back end is going to have problems, but did you honestly think that the D was worse than the goaltending at the beginning of the season? Uh, no, because I did believe in Markstrom a little bit. I did. Okay. And I did, I, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of Nilsson, but I did believe in Markstrom. And that's okay. why I was willing to give him the extension, what I just said there. I don't believe you. I, I just said it. <laughs> I just backed up what I said like 10 minutes yeah. ago. So I, uh, so I, I kind of feel like I, I heard did, something different on the beginning of the season. When one plus one equals two, I don't Maybe know I'm just here. hearing something in my own head. Yeah, Maybe I, I said at the head. beginning of the season that it was a fireable offense to come back with a defense like You this. did say that for sure. Yeah. So. Fuck, like, I mean, yeah, next year we're going to see Breezeball try and make this team. Because I knew. We're going to see, here, we're going to see Breezeball try to make this team. We're going to see Sautner try and make this team. They've both made cases for themselves. Shen has been sturdy back there. You're going to see uh, Quinn Hughes. You're going to see Levy. You're going to see um, Jet Wu coming to camp. Who yeah. knows what's, what's going to happen there? There's pieces, man. There are. And Hutton and Stetcher, I didn't count on them. Those guys. Being, I didn't yeah. count on them being this good. I didn't think that was yeah. gonna happen. I, we just gotta ship out our band-aids, you know? Like I, I really do believe that. We should shop um Tanev to see if he has any value this summer for something. Yeah. You he, know? He can't stay healthy. He just can't stay healthy. He's Brandon good. Sutter, living with a hernia, right? Yeah. Living with a hernia. Got to have an operation we should try try and get like rid of a lot of these types of guys who have let us down with these same repeated woes yeah and man i don't know what's going to happen with barachi like i really like him as a player but i mean he's one of the main reasons why like horvat has struggled with consistency on his wings because like barachi was that guy who like when he was playing he was racking up points but he was never playing yeah well, let's move on to some of the the I don't say the bad news, but it's the news that we all we all knew. Canucks are not very good at drafting and haven't been for a while. According to the Athletic, Scott Wheeler, a writer there, since 2003, he used a point system. Not exactly sure how he tabulated this. I think a lot of it was actually yes, points, players that players scored, that they were that they were drafted and then play, they scored for their team. According to him, since 2003, the Canucks are dead last. The top two teams, the Boston Bruins, the Chicago Blackhawks. The Washington Capitals are the third, Pittsburgh four, Anaheim five, cup winners there, and then 30th, Vancouver Canucks. Does this surprise you, Caleb Kirby? Not at all. Why would it? 
Think of where the Canucks were at that time. They had younger stars coming in that were playing well. It wasn't guys coming out like they had like nice picks in the first round. They made some really good trades in that 2003-2004 hey, era. Ryan Kessler was like one of their best draft picks. Hey, Curb, how yeah. hot is that semi It's hot, man. It's <laughs> spicy. Yeah, I'm having a lick lipping moment about it. No, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll deal with it. I just went to give him some water. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when it came to drafting after that, like we traded away all our all of our picks when we loaded up, when we became that sleeping giant in the Northwest. When, you know, the Canucks were turning that corner and getting bounced by the Blackhawks for the few, first few rounds, we traded all that shit away to compete with those teams. Yeah, according to this article, it's a real, it's a pretty good article if you got, if you have the athletic, which I do. Uh, it's great hockey stuff on the athletic, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it says that uh, the 2009 to 2013, that time period, the Canucks got almost nothing from their draft picks. Like, it was horrific during that time. And that was the time when they were, you know, very good. Yeah, very good. It was, like, arguably the best yeah. Yeah. stretch of this team's history. Not even yeah. argue. It was it the was. best stretch. It was. Yeah, it was. Two President's Trophies. Yeah. Right? You had Stanley Cup appearance. Uh, yeah, you got bounced that one season in the first round by the Kings. Huh. Kings went on and won the Stanley Cup, though, right? Yeah. So it, it it was a really good stretch of uh, Canucks hockey there. Uh, I think they're turning around here, though, obviously, right? Well, that was, like, the main focus of when, like, Trevor and Benning both came in was, like, we got to draft better. We can't have these empty cupboards anymore. Like, that's the whole thing is, like, Gillis, for as much as the things that Gillis did right, like making those deals at the time to try and make the Canucks competitive, he fucked this team from a drafting um, and developing standpoint. Like, there was nothing in these cupboards when Benning and Trevor took over. Nothing. Right? And even at that time, when you have an aging core, these older guys who have gone through these runs and the injuries and everything has mounted up, you have no stopgap in between your guys that you're just freshly drafting that are, you know, 20, 19, 18 years old that you're bringing into the league. You have nobody at the age of, like, 25, 26, 27, when players, like, fully hit their stride. The Canucks had nobody. And that's why they tried to accelerate this this retool or rebuild or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I don't give a shit about terms when it comes to this thing. I don't. I don't understand why the media and, and tankists and Canuck, all sorts of Canucks fans get hung up on the fucking word rebuild. Just look at what's happening. You can clearly see it. Um, But anyway... They, they were making trades to get kind of older people to fill that gap up, and that's what all it was, like stopgap solutions, right? Your Lyndon Vays, your Emerson Edoms at the beginning of this, these older guys who were stopgap solutions to bring in under these young guys to fill that void that was left at a mass, as a massive gap, right? Mm-hmm. And I, they wanted to be competitive, and I get that. But How like, about Benning's I, situation now where... He's not necessarily going out and getting more picks to add to this. He's getting reclamation projects like Levo and well, when you're Gold taking a, when you're taking and, a flyer out on a guy like Levo, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, what did Levo cost us? He cost us nothing. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. If you're trying, Berchie's another one. Grandlin's another one. Yeah, those guys. some of these guys have worked out like really well in our, in our favor. Um, it just would help the drafting, I think, if those were actually were made into draft picks instead of those guys, right? Well, no, because I get the argument, but how many how many guys coming out of the second round actually hit? It's like the the success rate is like under fifty percent. It is. It just is, and and a lot of people put stock in draft picks. All draft picks are is potential. It, 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 their potential until they come in and, and try and prove something else mm-hmm. and get in there. And we've been lucky with some of the, the later draft picks that we have, like our, our Gaudettes and our Maddens and everything. I, I'm I'm starting to trust that process that Benning and uh, Brackett and Wisebrod, all those guys have, have gone through. I think their drafting is good, you know. Um where they just totally dropped the ball is fucking signing signing contracts, signing free agents. Okay. But that's pressure on 
I'm just on, wondering. On rebuilding and getting yeah, okay. better. Okay, so we've gone through this run and these people. I think it's clear that the drafting's been really good over the last few years, and we're getting all these young players in the system. Just going back to this article and Canucks being the worst at drafting since 2003. Are you, from what I'm hearing, you're blaming situation, situational. Like the well, Canucks. I'm, I'm blaming the I'm yeah I'm blaming the they were like you said from 2009 to 2013 that was like the best stretch of yeah. Canucks in their history yeah so that's a major sample size in this argument I mean in this article that started in 2003 let's let's also like if you look into this article more and also proves your point right now Washington has been dead last since 2014 to 2018 yeah and how good have they been yeah they just Fantastic. won a cup right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, this also wouldn't be made a point at all if the Canucks had won in 2011. Who would give a shit? Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Good right? point. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think you look at it, the numbers like that. So drafting, there you go. There's just a lot of talk about drafting. So I just thought that was an interesting article. Uh, let's go around some notes from the rest of the NHL. This was an interesting uh, thing that happened today, and it has to do with the uh oh-so-lovable Edmonton Oilers, who have been free-falling of late here. Look like they might actually have a shot at uh, getting that final playoff spot, but when the Canucks surged, they fell, right? Uh, do you, I'll, I'll, let, I'll give you the honors on this one, Curb, because you like this one. Oh, we're talking about the Oilers? Yeah. And, and Bob Nicholson? Fuck, man. Like, they, they just don't know what they're doing. And it, it's, it, it happens over and over and over again. I mean, like, as the Canucks... I understand why people are mad about Benning and and people have been saying fire Benning. Like, I get, I've heard the noise. I agree with some of it. I definitely don't agree with a a lot of it as well. But look at teams like Ottawa with a fucking just embarrassing owner, horribly run team. Look at a team like Edmonton who's like perennially has been a joke for like over a decade now. Best player in the world, arguably, right? In in McDavid. According to And they can't the, even make the playoffs. According to the players only post. They can't was, even make the playoffs. Yeah. And then now they have Bob Nicholson coming out of the woodwork talking about Toby Reader. I don't get it. Like <laughs> so I, why why would he say this about a guy like Toby Reader? He says Toby Reader will not be signed by the Edmonton Oilers at the end of this year. He was a player that other teams wanted. He came here for one year because Leon Dreisaitl, who plays with him on the German national team, he, he thought it would be a good fit, right? He thought if he wasn't playing with Dreisaitl, he'd play with Connor. He'd score 15 to 16 goals, and instead of making $2 million, he'd sign for three and a half, right? And then he goes on. He says, Reader hasn't scored a goal. Reader has missed on so many breakaways. If Reader would have scored 10 to 12 goals – We'd probably be in the playoffs. So he's blaming <laughs> Reader for not making the playoffs. These are explosive. This is comments. this is an insane comment. Like, why is this guy even remotely close to this team as 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 anything? Imagine if someone in the Vancouver organization said this about Louis Erickson now. No, right? but Louis Erickson That would be warranted. Lu- yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> We're talking about Louis. This is Louis like this Ryder. is like fucking Somebody coming out and saying this about like Tyler Mott, yeah. you know? Yeah, this kind of, yeah, yeah. It's insane. It's funny, or maybe Nikolai Goldobin. Yeah, he's the guy that always gets all the shit. Well, <laughs> apparently he like apologized for saying it, saying he like stepped out of bounds or whatever. But like, what the hell are you this, thinking? This came from somewhere. What yeah. is in your water that yeah. made you decide to even blame your woes on one guy? <laughs> like there's something a, a guy in the water like reader there. there's something bad yeah. in the water there in edmonton who's who said that which one of the management up there in edmonton said that there's something bad in the water maybe I'm, it's in management know. maybe it is in management <sighs> uh, why is louis leon dreisaitl like making like decisions for the team though i don't quite understand that great player but he's like you hear second this year, though you always second year. you always hear this with all these star players they get their guy you know, I I honestly think that that's a big reason why Erickson came to the Canucks because the Sedins yeah. were partly guys who wanted him. They had that, they had that um, chemistry when they were playing at the World. Well, the right? Sedins, I like, I don't, I don't understand, but Leon Drysaddle, this guy's still a baby. Yeah, but I mean, he's yeah. having a great he's year. Their, having he, a great he's year. He's their <laughs> second most valuable player. He's yeah. obviously going to have some pull. Yeah. 
right? I just find it very interesting that he kind of threw him under the bus here <laughs> in this quote. I know it's well, this whole quote is just bizarre, <laughs> but it's Edmonton, right? It's fucking Edmonton. They're just they're out to lunch. Yeah, they're fucking out to lunch over there. I love it. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I like it's funny though. We got a guy who works in the office with us who like writes for the Edmonton Journal, and I can tell his mood when he when he like how how his mood's gonna be because he like lives and breathes the Oilers, right? <sighs> it like, was if they... so <laughs> funny when he came in in the beginning of the season and he was talking down to us like the yeah. Edmonton Oilers are gonna make the playoffs and the Canucks are so shitty. And he was like, Canucks have a couple of good guys, yeah. hey? Yeah, it was like it was very backhanded, right? It was like backhanded. it was it was complimentary, but it was backhanded. Compliment. Compliments the whole way. You could tell he's yeah. trying to be nice. Oh, they'll be, you know? they'll, they'll be okay. And they're like all, all those little things. And I'm just like, man, I want to see this team of yours just eat shit. And of course, now the Canucks are st- still ahead of them in the standings. Oh right? man, that's just awesome stuff. Yeah. It's it really is. I mean, he's really passionate, so I'm not gonna. Yeah, like, no, throw and, in he, his face. and he's a great guy too, right? He's he's like us, but he's like us with Edmonton. Yeah, isn't it hilarious that the Canucks have three more points than the Oilers here? Yeah. It is. The best player in the world? Yeah. It's pretty awesome. I'm sorry, man. Like, I, I still don't think you can call McDavid the best player in the world. Like, Crosby's teams make the playoffs every year. Yeah. He's still an incredible player. He makes his line mates better. I hate the Penguins with a passion. But, like, to me, he's still the guy. Yeah, I think I I agree with you. And I've said that on this podcast before, so... I don't want to beat a dead horse. But, I mean, there. the funnest guy, like, the funnest guy to watch for me, whenever I watch hockey games, like, I'm always pumped when I get to watch Patrick Kane. I think he's so fun to watch. Um, I get incredibly pumped now to watch the Avalanche. Nathan McKinnon is, I think, the, the funnest player to watch in the NHL right now. Might be, huh? Um, and I like watching San Jose, man. I, well, I like, like, I hate I think the Canucks should have a rivalry with San Jose, yeah. but I love watching Carlson and I love watching Burns on the back end. Yeah, those are all solid, solid. What about you? Solid. I, I I've always said that Patrick Kane's the best offensive player I've I've ever seen live, um, and other teams that I really enjoy watching. Yeah, Nathan McKinnon's very good, and I do love watching uh, Connor McDavid when the puck is on his stick. He's and to, to see, like, the defense back off like crazy when he gets the puck yeah. not to get burned, I think that's really incredible. I, I love watching Ovechkin, and I will always love watching Ovechkin. Yeah. Just, 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 just him. He's a personality. He's, he's all of that, you know? Everybody knows he's going to shoot from that spot, and he still scores. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And I find that incredibly, incredibly awesome. Washington on top now over the Islanders in, in their uh, – in their conference, hey, they, yeah. knocked, they knocked him out of that top spot. You know, I think Washington is for real again. Like, they are going to make some noise in the an, Another team I really like watching is the Boston Bruins, actually. Yeah, same here. Like, Pasternak and Bergeron. Like, those guys are just fantastic Marchand, players. too, man. Dude, I was watching Marchand. Yeah, yeah like, I, I, we should hate the Bruins. And, part like, I hate the 2011 Bruins. Yeah. Like, with a passion. But, like, yeah, they're fun to watch. And they're gritty. I was watching a game the other night. They were playing the New York Islanders, who are a really good team. They they held them, like, 13 shots in that game. Like, I was was like, man, this Bruins team is a mean piece of business I I think they're going to win it. Yeah, they're a mean, mean piece of business. Winnipeg's turned it around too lately, eh? They've kind of woken up. They're not playing possum anymore? No, they're not playing possum anymore. (laughs) The possum, possum season's done. Uh, this is the last couple of things I want to talk about on this podcast. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the NHL leading Tampa Bay Lightning. Are they still your pick to win? Yeah, they are. And they're having an, a historic season. Yeah. They are. They they're yeah, they have man. 118 points in 74 games. They've already wrapped up the President's Trophy. They're plus 97 goals for. Yeah, that's fucking insane. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Nikita Kucherov has 117 points. Yeah. Like he's and he's running away with the goal scoring, like, and this is with other guys putting up triple digits as well. Yeah, they're they're having a season for the ages, and we're giving them the San Jose treatment. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I don't believe it. Yeah, I think they're too soft. Steven I do. Stam- yeah, Steven Stamkos is having like a career year as well. I just, I just don't see it. Like they had on the power play, they're lethal. You know, on the rush, they're lethal. 
But that's not what playoff hockey is. They have a is. good goalie. Playoff hockey is one on the boards. Yeah. They and they're not as good on the boards. Even I think with their 118 dude, points. 97 watch, goals for. Watch them when they play Boston. Yeah, they did lose to Boston, Boston last week. Boston pushes them around. I think Washington will push them around too. Although I just, uh, Lightning have been on TV quite a bit often. And I just watched them beat Washington in a very spirited 4-3 yeah. game. So, uh, I mean, you, Washington's a very strong team too. And if Tampa can handle Washington, I think they can handle yeah, other teams. Yeah, but Holby hits that other gear too. Yeah, it's true. We'll see. We'll see, I guess. Vasilevsky is very good goalie. So they're, they're going to have a chance. What would you say? Vasilevsky. <laughs> okay. Sure. I'm everywhere today. Uh, <laughs> uh, another team, a really good team that's rolling. Fuck off, Kirby. Yeah. The Golden Knights, they've won nine of their last ten games. Yeah. And they're doing it convincingly. Mm-hmm. Like every game, they're beating good teams. They're yeah. kicking the shit out of shitty teams. Stone. Stone's a good player. Uh, they're what playing with pace. And Marc-Andre Fleury is going into Marc-Andre Fleury yeah. mode. Yeah. Flower is there. So you don't want to go that. in that barn in a playoff series, man. No, you, you don't. do not want to go in that barn no, you at do all. Not. Yeah. Are you There's a few barns the around the league. Oh, I'm getting so pumped. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be great again. Yeah. Like last year's playoff I thought was really good. Really, really good. Man, I just want to see the Canucks punch the fucking ticket though. I want to see them, man. Like yeah. I, I don't even care if they get bounced in the first round. It's just like it makes my month. I know. And you know what else? It gives us events. It gives us an event for NHL. If anybody from the NHL is fucking listening to this podcast, do what they do with March Madness. Stagger your start times during the playoffs. Yeah. Like, I love March Madness because it's like every, I don't know, 30 minutes, not even a a new game starts. Why are you starting four games at four o'clock? Start a game at four. Start a game at 430. Start a game at five. Fans in these other regions, I like, find they, they do can a give or take as, an hour. As the playoffs go on, they do because they have, like, the central Well, they do for the central, start, but yeah. it, they don't do it on purpose. They just do it because that's the time. Yeah. There. Although they do it unsuspectingly because Ugh. games don't start at exactly 4 o'clock. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, but seriously, like, there's 16 teams in the dance initially, right? Yeah. We have that many games going on, like, Every night. Some game, some nights we have three, four games going on. Why the fuck do I have to watch the intermission during any hockey game in the playoffs? I don't want to watch the intermission. I don't. The intermission sucks. Like, it, it's never been good. You know, the ice cleaning? Let me change the channel to another fucking game that's going on at that moment. Yeah, it sucks to flip to the channel and it's like, the oh, same. It's the same. It's the same. Coach's half corner's time. on yeah. like two minutes behind in in this one versus another well, one. Well, maybe they do it for that reason, right? It's cheaper. It's fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's really annoying. All right, up next for the Canucks, uh, home tilt against Calgary on Saturday night. Uh, Columbus We're winning on that, by Sunday. the way. I'm calling a win in that Calgary game. Really? Yeah, man. We have their number. Yeah, Calgary's, they're a good team, too. They're a mean piece of business as well. Uh, Columbus on Sunday. I'm calling a win in that game, too. I'm back-to-back nights. Caleb Kirby's <laughs> calling a win. Have you ever uh, called a loss for the Canucks this year? <laughs> That's my question. Uh, um. <laughs> oh, no, maybe, yeah. I'll just... Uh... <laughs> and then next week, uh, you got a little bit of a California trip there, quick trip, or not trip, but... California teams coming in. Calling the sweep. Anaheim, L.A., yeah. You, you have to beat those few teams. Yeah. You uh, have to win every game. Yeah. Dallas. And then the season finishes off uh, with San Jose, Nashville, and St. Louis in the last week. Yeah, April, but, I mean, it's all it's all home games until we got to play Nashville and St. Louis. It's yeah. home side. They got six more games at It home. really was set up okay for the Canucks to make a run here. Yeah. You know, it's, it's too bad that uh, – they had that tough stretch there with that road trip and all that shit that went on. So that's good. Caleb Kirby, where can we find you? At Curbman23 on Twitter. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email myself and Art at betweenthestammers at gmail.com. Art? You can find me at Art Aronson. Of course, you can uh, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, guys. That's where we're getting most of our downloads anyway. So thank you for all those people who have subscribed to us. That's why we're getting those downloads. And uh, That's how it works? That is how it works. Yeah, <laughs> that is how it works. You're really making fun of me today, Kirby. Yeah, I know. I'm giving you a hard time. I don't yeah. know what it is. It was the full moon last night. I 
fucking got into the pops. And, <laughs> oh, I've been so hungover today, man. <laughs> yeah, Kirby's looking great today, though. The sun's out. He's wearing green on green. It's not bad. Springing forward, man, it just, it like, it helps my mood almost immediately. Yeah. It's that that extra sun. This time, like, when we get that that hour, that extra hour of uh, sunlight at night, like, it just, it works wonders for me. Yeah. And I've always it. been like that. Like, whenever we fall back, I just turn into a miserable pile of uh, even, vitriol. Ev- vitriol. <laughs> That's good. Even with the uh, pollen in the air? Oh, yeah. Like, like that, that messes with my nose. And Spring and I are in a bit of an abusive relationship that way. But, like, yeah. I, I mean, as a whole, I love it. All right. Well, that's enough. It's getting warmer out, Art. It's getting oh, warmer out. Really good. Yeah. yeah. Savai Thai. Thanks. Thanks for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs>